in. And so, Jesus, we invite you in. We invite you to come and be the center of everything that happens this morning. And particularly, this is Pentecost Sunday. This is like a, a big deal in the church. In some churches, this is where they sing happy birthday to the church. This is the day that's considered the birthday of the church. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We invite you to have this service, to take it where you want it to go, to do what you want to do. We invite you to make this a supernatural service here at Mosaic, here in each of our homes and each of our circumstances and situations, whether we're in a living room or a kitchen or a dining room, whether we're looking at this at midnight or we're looking at this Sunday morning. But we just, uh, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We invite you to lead. We invite you to uh, bring glory to the Father and the Son through the work that you do. So we're going to take a little bit and uh, talk about uh, Pentecost. And then, uh, really, I'm going to tell some stories. And I hope their stories are meaningful to you. They certainly have been meaningful to me. But the first thing I want to do is, uh, is I, just, I just want to teach you something that I think is scriptural, that I think is really important. When the Israelites went through uh, the Red Sea, when the sea parted and they walked through, the first thing they were instructed by God was to set up 12 stones on the other side. And there were 12 stones whereby they would remember forever what God had done for them as a nation. And so the first thing I think I want to share with you is that the Holy Spirit, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is active in your life. The Holy Spirit has been active in your life, sometimes in very simple ways and other times in very supernatural ways. And every time the Holy Spirit moves, does something, uh, gives us a piece of history for us personally, for us as a community, or for us as the overall church, it's really important for us to pay attention. And what I think we need to do is we need to set up an altar of remembrance. So, on that day that the the seas parted, and the Israelites were able to walk through in dry land. When they got to the other side, they set up 12 stones, one stone for each of the nations of Israel. And some people would say, it's still there. I'm not good at this. But they set it up, and every time someone comes by and looks at that 12 stones, you say, what's that about? Oh, that reminds us of the time when God parted the Red Sea and let it, us as a nation walk through on dry land and escape from Egypt. That's a place of remembrance. Now, uh, uh, another thing, when I was preparing for this, I really wanted to bring to mind, to remind myself of times when the Holy Spirit has worked in my life or in the, in 
the church life for me personally. And what I realized when I was trying to remember that I wasn't very good at remembering. And I realized we need to get a lot better at remembering what God has done in our life. Now, I, I took a very little bit of time, and I listed a few things, that places where God has moved in my life by his Spirit. And I was really quite shocked to see that just very quickly, I had 30 different things. I was not very clear on all the details. I didn't have a super good remembrance of what transpired. And it's because I didn't do a very good altar. I didn't have a really good place of remembrance. And that's why I have this journal here, and God is starting to challenge me to say, you take good notes. You remember very well what I've done in your life so that you can remember easily, so that you can bring to mind all the ways and all the times I have worked powerfully in your life. So I'm just going to share a little bit of scripture. First of all, Pentecost, what is it? Pentecost is a word that's very much like there's pent in it. There's a five in it. And really what Pentecost has been, it was there before the Christian church, and it was 50 days after Passover. It became either 40 or 50 days after Jesus was ascended to heaven. And it's when the, the Holy Spirit that was promised by Jesus came and rested on the uh, disciples. And the church started. So let's look at some of these scriptures. The first scripture I want to look at is John 14. This is when Jesus was still here, and he was speaking to the disciples, preparing them for him uh, to go away. He said, all of this I have spoken while I was with you. This is all the stuff he's been talking about. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. When I go, and because I go, it's a good thing because when I go, the, Holy, the Father will send the Holy Spirit to come and be with you. To not leave you alone. And this was said before Jesus ever left. Next passage. Now you know all these passages. Okay. You know all these passages. But there you go. In Acts. After Jesus is just getting ready to leave again. Ascension. He said this. He said. John baptized with water. But in a few days. You will be baptized. With the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts uh, 1.8, says this. You, church, you disciples, you apostles, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be wide witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I go. The Father sends the Holy Spirit to empower you to go and just bring about the church. And so when the day of Pentecost came, 
They were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole host where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And every single one of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is a huge supernatural event. They were locked away. They were scared to death. They were together. I think there was 120 of them. They were petrified. And they were sitting there praying and waiting for what God, Jesus, had promised them. And there, right smack in the middle in the locked room, this violent wind comes, and the violent wind fills them, and it fills them, and they start speaking in tongues. They get up, and, and then they start, uh, they start to prophesy. The church begins, and then they say, we've got to get out of here. And they go outside. And Peter preaches and 3,000 other people join them and the church begins. This is amazing stuff. And that is the text of today for me. Jesus said the Holy Spirit had come. Jesus comes and he's speaking to the disciples after he's raised from the dead and he said, I'm going now and that, that Holy Spirit that I promised you my Father's going to send, and he's going to come, and he's going to rest on you and bring you power and might and, and do all kinds of amazing things in your midst, and the church will be able to move forward. And remember that Holy Spirit will teach you and lead you and guide you and encourage you and bring you peace and comfort and all those things. That's what he said would happen, and that's actually what happened. So now what I want to do is I want to, I'm going to go through here. I may skip some of this, but I just want to share some of the stuff that happened to me when the Holy Spirit came in my life in all kinds of different times and places. The first place I want to start is the night I came to believe. I've told you some of this before, and I had been at an event at Rock Church, which was reminding me to give thanks in all circumstances and situations. I came back to... Uh, my girlfriend's apartment, her name is Lori, who's now my wife, and uh, I didn't understand this Jesus at all. I didn't get it. And yet I knew that I wouldn't receive the woman unless I believed what she did. But I couldn't. And then, all of a sudden, right there and then, this wind came into the room. And the wind came and rested on top of me and flowed down through me. And the, all of a sudden, instantly, I believed. That was my first encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I came to understand who God was and understand that he loved me and cared for me and was there for me. And that was the first supernatural event experience that I had with the Holy Spirit. The second event that uh, God reminded me of uh, just uh, yesterday as I was thinking about this was a week later. After that initial experience, it seemed like uh, the tap got turned off. It seemed like God went away. And I remember being really upset and saying, God, where'd you go? What's going on? And I remember God saying to me quite clearly in the silence that uh, 
This is not about manifestations or experience. This is about you believing in me. I've made myself known to you, and that's all you need to know to believe in me. And I remember going, oh, I was on my bed, and I was crying, and I was going like, oh, this is awful. And But I remember when I got it, and I said, okay, I'm sorry, God. Please forgive me for looking for experience as opposed to being with you. And immediately I had my second experience of the Holy Spirit, and he filled me, and I was really encouraged. That was like an amazing second experience. God was teaching me something. It's not about experiences or manifestations or all those other kind of things. It's about believing in a real God and letting you know that the Holy Spirit would be there with you. Now, the third time I put down uh, where I had a real sense of the Holy Spirit being with me was when I was encouraged to uh, teach a, a session on Ephesians in a first congregational church. And there was about eight or ten of us, and we were studying Ephesians. And I remember very clearly the Holy Spirit coming and resting on me and helping me teach and teaching us all in that experience to see the things of God in a really amazing way. The, sec the fourth thing that I, I wrote down was uh, where I really experienced God uh, coming by his Holy Spirit was uh, every year for a, quite a long while, the pastors in the city would get together and be involved with a prayer summit. We would just simply take a day and a half, go to Oceanstone, and spend the day and a half together worshiping God and praying and being together. And I remember every time God graciously sending his Holy Spirit to lead and guide and bring us together as the church in Halifax. Just amazing. I remember one time where God really prompted me to ask for forgiveness for half the church. I remember being scared to death and getting up and being prompted by God to ask for forgiveness. And I remember doing it, and I remember sensing that in the heavenly realm, something changed for the good. The next time, or one of the other things are here, there's a few other things here that I think I'm going to skip, but the, the next thing, and this is number six, I remember being, I, I had an interesting way that I became a believer. When I became a believer, uh, sort of from that night with Lori as I was a teacher, uh, I ended up becoming part of United Church on the corner of Coburg and Roby Street. Not usually the typical place where you come and see the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff, but it just so happened it was a really true believing church. And they had an event called the Festival of Faith where they invited four of us to share our encounters with God. And I remember being scared to death to be able to stand up, and it was a packed place. It was like 250 people or something. And uh, I was there sharing my faith story, including what happened to me in Lori's apartment, but several other things. And I remember the Holy Spirit coming and preparing me and preparing that place. And there was a real sense that God moved his kingdom forward 
from being sharing in a united church in Halifax. I also remember uh, when I had first become a believer that I was still Catholic and I was still a teacher and I taught at Oxford School. And one of the things I realized was that if I'm going to be a believer and I'm going to follow Jesus, that I should do whatever I can to help advance the kingdom. One of the ways God encouraged me to do that was to teach religion in the school at Oxford School to junior high kids who were Catholic. And it was amazing how often God came by his Holy Spirit to lead and guide and instruct and encourage those junior high kids who wouldn't normally be open to the things of God. It was a wonderful thing. I also remember uh, being in business and being in business and the jewelry business and my business ended up failing or starting to fail. And I remember asking God to come and intervene in my business. And it was amazing how the Holy Spirit came and led and guide, guided me through all that. So much so, and I'll just simply say this, so much so that I ended up getting an income of about $1,500 a month that would last for five years I, and I ended up going on and becoming an university uh, staff worker, which is like a minister on campus. Uh, and that uh, sale of this failing business actually financed me for five years. It was amazing to see God work through that. Now, in that time, one of the things God challenged me to do was to go and ask my father-in-law for $10,000. It's exactly what God encouraged me to do. Was I happy about it? I was not. But I was obedient to God's leading, and that's the way the Holy Spirit works sometimes. And it worked out wonderfully. I remember many times that I taught with university to university students, whether it was in Dal or St. Mary's or Mount St. Vincent or St. of X or at sort of... Uh, so, uh, sort of regular gatherings of InterVarsity Larger where all the students or a lot of students would come for a conference and they'd get together. There were things called Bible and Life. There was the Malagas weekends. There was all those kind of things. And every time, every time God asked me to do something, he would come by his Holy Spirit to lead and guide and encourage and made those events supernatural wonderful events. I remember one time when uh, Keith and I were at a Malagas retreat uh, with InterVarsity again, and I remember even now how amazing it was the way the Holy Spirit came and rested upon us as InterVarsity. It was amazing. It was interesting, too, to see how God led us and guided us through a huge interruption that basically the devil had brought to us that we were able to sort of manage through and keep things on task. And that was because of the goodness of the Holy Spirit. Every Bible and Life weekend we ever had, uh, it, it really felt like the Holy Spirit came and met with us. 
and I, I got to tell you, this is the next thing that I, I put down here. You asked me to come and be here at Mosaic with you and sort of lead as the Holy Spirit leads. And every single time we've been here together as a community, it's amazing to see how the Holy Spirit used each of you to lead us and guide us to the place where God wants us to be as a church. It's amazing to see what God has taught us through you guys sharing what God has brought to you by his Holy Spirit. Words and, and uh, people speaking in tongues and those tongues being interpreted and how God has been so faithful to come and be with us and lead us and guide us and give us the information we need for the next little while. I still feel really strongly about God's the one who said he would order our steps. God's the one who said, do not get all stirred up and try so hard. Just let me lead you and guide you and bring you peace in your day-to-day -day life. But God's been really gracious to this community the way he shows up. It would be wonderful when we get back together again and he can lead that way again. It's just like awesome. That doesn't happen very many places. I remember spending two weeks on PEI uh, with a, a small group of other people spending, uh, spending the time learning about the book of Mark. This man came from California to teach us, and what he taught us was to look at Scripture in new ways to really just understand what it said. And that was, the whole two weeks was a supernatural event. It was amazing to see how he came to lead us and guide us and teach us and, and just uh, build us up. Just like, wow. And from that, ever since, whenever uh, I was able to teach manuscript Bible study at Bible and Life and in other places, including I remember being asked to go to an Anglican church in uh, New Ross and, and teach the congregation how to study scripture, uh, kind of for the first time. And how amazing it was <coughs> to see that community just respond to the Holy Spirit leading them and guiding them. I remember being on the grounds of uh, New Life Christian Center with uh, my friend Simon and myself and some woman who was obviously a cocaine addict was out front with us. And I remember asking if she wanted us to pray for her. And she said yes. And how the Holy Spirit came and led us and guided us and really made a huge difference. Uh, and that's just a, a, another wonderful thing that God brought to mind yesterday. We did these things when we were back, and I was the pastor of the Agora, and it was interesting. Keith was there with us, and a lot of us went to these retreats that we had in Sambro. There was a host there that was available to us to be able to go and uh, just spend some time together. And some of those retreats were unbelievably supernatural events. I remember the Holy Spirit coming and resting on people and people speaking in tongues for the first time and just people being uh, 
just touched by God in really supernatural ways and, and people being used by God in ways we've never seen them used before. And I'm really thankful to God that that was part of my life with the Holy Spirit. I remember the week before I was to become a church planter, when I first uh, set out to start uh, the Agora, I remember being in a meeting in Lower Sackville, and I had this strange, overwhelming sense that I was supposed to go to a conference that was going to happen the next week in Toronto, the Toronto airport. And I had no money, and I had, uh, uh, I, I, it was just like, God said, you need to go. I'm going, what? How am I going to do that? God, I don't have the money. I'm starting out with this new church plant. And yet I really got a sense that I was supposed to go. The man in front of me turned around and said, I have enough air miles points that, and not air miles at the time, it was aeroplan points, that I can send you to Toronto for free. And that happened in about two minutes. And so I was really excited to go to Toronto and see what God had for me. In the midst of it all, one of the things God's been saying to me all along is, JB, you need to dream big dreams. Just like it says in Ephesians, it says, you can do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. He can ask or, I can ask or imagine before God. So God's always sort of had me thinking that I need to dream big dreams. And I still have that sensibility that God could do amazing things through his church and through his people. And I just like really fired up when I think about what the church can do. And so I went to Toronto expecting to have this great big supernatural charge from God. And I remember the moment now. Someone had got up and said, you need to surrender everything to God. You need to let it all go. You need to put it all at God's feet. And you need to do it right now. Well. It was like there was nobody else there. This was for me. I had to surrender everything to God before I started this church plant, and that was it. And it was him that was leading and guiding, not me. Uh, well, I got to tell you, very reluctantly, I opened my hands, and I said, okay, God, you're the one that instructed me to dream big dreams. You're the one that told me to think big for you. And yet, I hear what you're saying to me. I take all my dreams, all my desires, all the things I want to see happen in the church in Halifax. I take them all. I put them on my hands, and I surrender them to you right now, and I'm dead serious about it, God. And I remember leaning, kneeling down and totally giving up everything. It was really hard. Within about five seconds, the song they were singing on stage turned around and a guy started to sing a prophetic song that goes like this, and I'm not much of a singer, but you'll get it. Dream big dreams. You need to dream big dreams for God. God is calling you to dream big dreams. Wow. That was definitely the Holy Spirit working overtime 
and God wanted to get something right with me. He needs to be number one. He needs to be in charge. He needs to be control. He needs to be the one we surrender everything to, and yet he knows what he's called us to and what he wants us to do. So once I got that order right, he gave me back my calling to dream big dreams, and I still do. That's just like, what a cool God. Another time I remember the Holy Spirit coming big time was at the marriage ceremony of my daughter, Lindsay. My daughter, Lindsay, when I think about it, there was lots of supernatural events that happened with my daughter because I think it was three times they told us that she was going to die. I wasn't going to make it. And God came through many times uh, for my wife and I uh, through the sickness, the illness, the heart condition of my daughter. But at her wedding ceremony, first of all, I was able to perform it. What a wonderful blessing. And I was able to sort of bring Lindsay, who wasn't even supposed to live that long, to come and be in lifelong union with her her husband, Jeff. And, and it was just such a privilege to be able to do that and the Holy Spirit showed up and made me frankly people cry at weddings all the time but not usually the pastor performing a ceremony and I was a I was a I was a mess but it was all Holy Spirit I was so much a mess that Jeff's dad joined me in bawling our eyes out What a wonderful memory about where God came to be with us. I'm not going to go on much longer because I think you're getting it. God, by his Holy Spirit, comes and really empowers us and rests on us and encourages us and teaches us and blesses us and uses us to advance his kingdom. And God, by his Holy Spirit, brings us peace. Peace that passes understanding. And the gifts of the Spirit come through the Holy Spirit. And gifts of the Holy Spirit come from the Holy Spirit. And so it's just an amazing thing. But I do remember a time twice when Keith and I were asked to go to speak at an Anglican church in Montreal. And we were basically to come and bring the Holy Spirit to this pretty straight-laced, pretty straight-laced Anglican church. And every time, every time, the Holy Spirit would show up uh, in amazing ways and encourage that church and encourage us I remember being so encouraged. Keith's prophet, right? Keith's an amazing prophet, and I love it. And I love being with Keith when stuff happens. But I had to prophesy over 50% of the church. And I'm not used that way very often. And yet somehow God came by his spirit, and I had something for every one of the 60 or 70 people I had to pray for, except for one person. And that's just 
God's blessing and the Holy Spirit at work. Later on, I was able to fill in at that church for six months, and that was a wonderful time, and God showed up by His Spirit many times. I remember just recently, one of the most recent things, I remember speaking at the church I attend now and asking the Holy Spirit to come. And I still remember one of the members of the church coming up to me after, and she said, did you sense it? Did you get it? When you asked the Holy Spirit to come, he came. And that was such an encouraging thing for me because I really, I would like to see more of that at Grace Chapel where I am. Anyway, that's the message I have for Pentecost today. And I hope every one of you are ready to set up altars for when God comes and uses you supernaturally, when he comes by his Holy Spirit to rest on you, to be with you, to encourage you, and use you to encourage others. You have a wonderful Pentecost Sunday. And remember, we should be looking for God to move supernaturally in our midst for the next three weeks now. And if you do have an encounter, which is a supernatural encounter, I think we really need to sort of... uh, Report in and let us know what God's been doing. Uh, Just one thing. I'll share one thing. I've been looking for the supernatural in in the circles that I've been running. And uh, on Monday night, I'm in this mentoring group. And on Monday night, there was two stories of this. And I don't know if this means anything to anybody. But two strong followers of Jesus in two separate communities across the country had just given birth, and in both cases, the mom had an ultrasound, and the ultrasound showed horrendous fetus, really a mess, really something like the doctors were encouraging in one or both cases that it might be good to abort. And the church in both cases, and this is like B.C. or, or uh, Alberta or in Ontario or in uh, Manitoba. And they came to prayer in both situations, and within a month, both of those children at the next ultrasound were perfect. Praise God. That's supernatural. That's our God at work. And that's just meant to encourage you. So let's pray. God, uh, thank you that you're a supernatural God, that you're a God that's there for us. God, help us when you come and when you lead us and guide us and when you touch us and you encourage us and teach us and remind us and challenge us and uh, convict us. May we be ready to remember And may we set up an altar to you that would remind us of the amazing stuff you have done and will continue to do in each of our lives. Blessings. Amen.